Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I got a message for our fans out there. Football's back. Bet online's your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates on stats, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoffs and Super Bowl, Bet Online is going to give you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. Get in. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa, two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. As we look back at the Giants, heartbreaking loss in Buffalo on Sunday night. So many chances, Carl. So many opportunities. The game was in their grasp. I think you can actually make the case that over the span of 60 minutes of football, if you were judging this like a fight, I know you like to work out at uh, a boxing gym. Rumble. The Giants probably would have gotten two of the three judges to say that they were the winners of the fight, but they lost because in this sport, you don't have judging. You have a scoreboard, and they didn't score enough points. Um, Highly entertaining game, but now they got to pick up the pieces after this. Uh, What was your initial reaction afterwards? Did Did you feel like, man, they really just blew this thing? Yes. Um, and, you know, the thing is, and if I can use another boxing analogy, because you used to call boxing matches and you would often say in a fight like this, you can't leave it up to the referees. You got to go finish this kid <laughs> off, right? Yes, exactly. That's that's, that's the old Bob Papa thing when he did boxing. Match like this, you can't leave it up to the referees. And that's what happened. Um, literally, actually, literally, that's yeah. what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is, okay, this team is showing some life, okay? Um, you guys can make the argument, oh, Tyrod Taylor, blah, 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 versus Daniel Jones, they show life. Collectively, they showed life. Um, it's never going to be a Mona Lisa, just the way this offensive line is constructed, um, there are a ton of mistakes across the board on that offensive line, um, but they showed life. And that's what, as fans, you want to see, but you really wanted to see this team take that step and beat Buffalo because they had a winning game plan um, from an effort standpoint. If anybody who thought this team was lifeless, you got to rethink that assessment because Wink Martindale was in his bag This defense played lights out. The effort on the offensive side, like I said, wasn't pretty. But, man, did they they move the ball up and down the field. But then when you get in the red zone, you cannot fail. You've got to be able to convert. And that is probably the most frustrating thing that you'll see Um watching this team because they don't score points and they're they're back to or maybe even less than before Brian Dable took over you know it was a stretch where they couldn't get they couldn't sniff 20 points now it's they can't sniff 14 points and uh that's got to get fixed um but 
there there are a few things that are are really keen observations uh, for the future. And I mean, the future is now, not next year. Um, Jalen Hyatt is probably the best pure catcher of the football on the roster. As evidenced, when he went when he went across the middle, had to get up, get it, get in position to protect himself, took a hit. But when you watch him catch the football, he is one uh he, he is the best pure catcher on this team. And that they're gonna have to get him the football. They're gonna have to be very deliberate. Um, he's putting some stuff on film. They were shading safeties over him. They had uh, on the one go route, they had a safety and a corner. He had them both by a step, and Tyrod underthrew the un, underthrew the football to the point to where it landed behind the guys covering him. So you cannot, you got to anticipate with him. You got to let lay the ball out there and let him go get it because if you're waiting to throw the football, you're going to come up short. Right. So you got to throw it out there in front of him and let him go get it. But if you're, you're waiting for that route, you're, that ball, that ball landed two yards behind where Jalen Hyatt was. So you have that. Um, and I, I'm, I'm kind of going into the positives a little bit, um, but you had, a first half where you had a chance to score, come back out, get the ball. Bad clock management by quarterback, bad clock management by coaching. They're in it together, right? So whatever the communication was on the Barkley run, and by the way, Barkley, you got to get that in. Offensive line, you got to block your assignments. Even if they wanted the opportunity to pass the ball twice, um, whatever for whatever reason, and well, we don't know the reason, but Tyrod checked to a run. Maybe he saw something. Um, but in looking at the film, and I'm not being overly, you know, or excessively critical, but looking at the film, if even if that that run being called. If the offensive line blocked their assignments, it's a touchdown. So you had mistakes across the board. You had, number one, situational awareness. Even after that run failed, Tyrod was kind of lackadaisical, almost like he was ending the half and not realizing, hey, you got to score here. And then they told him, spike the ball, and then he, he kind of perks up again, and it's too late. Clock runs out. So situational awareness, even – if you're going to check to that run, you got to know if he don't get this, I got to get this ball and spike it. Um, he didn't do that. He was very, very lace affair, just kind of looking over to the sideline. They're like, get over there and spike it. Clock runs out. Um, so that was that was error number one. And that's where people say the game was lost. And in hindsight, you can say that, but they had a chance at the end of the game, a legitimate chance at the end of the game, they just left it up to the refs. Um, but the fact that they fought themselves back into that game, got an opportunity uh, because of the way this defense played, 
gave the offense the ball back. The offense knew what to do with it, got the ball down there, and failed again. You know, I had asked you at halftime, and I was guessing on the air, and I'm even, I even asked Chris Collinsworth about this at halftime because where the booths are, we're near them. I was kind of inch- when Barkley, when they snapped the ball at the 21 yard line, and Barkley, Barkley went for I think nine yards or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was first, first of all, after, there's the pass play to Taylor to Slayton for 31 yards, and that was at 126. Then Barkley runs it for nine yards, um, and then Barkley runs it for no gain like they didn't run another snap until there were 30 seconds left and they called the timeout with 30 i'm i was mm-hmm. curious as to why they didn't once they got the first down or 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 once they once they got the nine yards from barkley i'm surprised that they didn't either call the timeout sooner or be more hurried i know they didn't want to leave time for buffalo but you also want to leave time for yourself and, yes, uh, especially <laughs> the way things turned out. Um, but they and see, here's the thing I think that that is driving Brian Dable crazy because he has so many people on staff and they go over all of these little things and they are very analytic oriented in terms of clock management. So whatever their rationale was to stop it at 30 and not give themselves more time, he'll explain it, but I don't think they got the play uh, that they wanted um, with that, you know, with the clock starting at 30. They didn't get the results that they wanted, but um, I'm sure there's a rationale behind it, um, and we'll probably have to ask that question. You know what? It's interesting because you make up, you make, you bring up a good point. Because everybody keeps talking about, well, you know, they got no points at the end of the first half, and that affected what happened at the end of the game. But in all, if you look at it more realistically, if they score at the end of the first half, they take the lead with a touchdown or whatever, we don't know how the rest of the game is going to play Exactly, exactly. So it's 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 too simplistic to just say, oh, if they would have gotten at least three points at the end of the game, they would have only needed three points. Well, you don't know what Buffalo's going to do. Right? Correct. There's 30 more minutes of football. Yeah. Buffalo may have decided to play differently. If the Giants are scoring more points, maybe Buffalo opens it up a little bit more because they were playing to their defense too, figuring out the Giants sure. can't score a touchdown. So you're 100% right. You can't go cause and effect the bottom line is the giants got the ball back after a missed field goal with a minute and 25 seconds and drove the ball down the field and had a chance to win the game and they did and that and that's and- the bottom line um in hindsight everybody can go back and look at first quarter miscues there are a ton of plays during the course of a game that in hindsight you can say contributed to a loss well yeah you want you wanted to get the score and yeah it probably would have helped you, but you still got to play the second half. The game wasn't won in the in the first half. You help yourself if you score, absolutely. And the way the defense was playing, you'd like your chances. But 
you got the daggone best arm in football. Like I, the things that Josh Allen was doing with his arm were just unbelievable. Just made some some really clutch pay, plays for them. Um, but at the end of the day, Bob, they lost. But I think there is a reason to look at this team and say they got life. Um, I don't think they're deflated by this loss. I think they're more encouraged than deflated because of the way they played this team. And, and as we have gone through this year, six games now, right? Mm -hmm. Every game you look at it and you say, man, they were close for a half. Man, they were close into the third quarter. And you saw them, and, and Coach Dable talked about getting better in increments, right? They were incrementally better in the areas that they needed to make plays. Um, they didn't finish. But you're not looking at the same thing that you saw for six weeks. You saw you saw an improved defense, and you saw an improved offense. Both have to get better offensively. They just got to capitalize on opportunities because the end of the game situation, Darren Waller, it's no, no disputing he was interfered with. 6-6, got the defender by about five inches, got to make it. I set it on the air and then I pulled it back a little bit because I saw his jersey being tugged. Not a knock on him. But this is, as my coach would say, a guy with your skill set and abilities, you can make that play. Simple as that. Play above the numbers in the game. It hits you. Make that play. And then the referee probably calls a penalty um, after you've come down with the football. But I, I can't kill him for not getting it because he was trying to get it with one arm. But in the game, a guy with your skill set and ability, make that one for us. That's what I would say if I were coaching. Make well, yeah, that that's one why for us. That that's why he was brought here. I mean, yeah. he was brought here to be a difference maker, and um, you got to get off that hold sooner. Well, it's hard you, to get off of it. Like the well, guy's foul, tugging foul his back. jersey. Foul back. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you, <clears throat> You don't think Kelsey's getting off that grab? Uh, sometimes he can't get off from either, but he does a better job of acting and getting the officials' attention. But I mean, it is what it is. Well, I'm I'm gonna give Darren Waller a shout out. I'm gonna give Darren Waller a shout out. Because after the game, and he is a very stand-up individual. Yep. Mm-hmm. After the game, he could have just whined about the fact that he was clearly held. Jersey was being he was being held from the minute he came off yep. the line of scrimmage. He was yep. fouled the, through the entire play. And why the official didn't throw a flag, I don't know. What you can't throw back to back flags uh, at the end of the game? Well, you can. A foul is a foul, right? I mean, if it happened in the first quarter, you're going to throw a flag, but we're going to swallow the whistle at the end of the game. That's the right. old NBA stuff. You can't do that. As Mike uh, Mike Pereira always would tell me. A foul in the first quarter is the is also a foul in the fourth quarter. Yep. I mean, if it's a foul, it's a foul. But to Waller's credit, 
And then he could have just sit there and complained afterwards about, you know, what do you want me to do? How do they not throw? He's like, I got to make the play. Yeah, he goes, I got to I got to fight through it and somehow make that play. He like put yeah. he put it on himself, which. And, you know, he speaks really he really did put it on himself because he sat in front of me on the bus to the airport. And as soon as he sat in his seat, I was like, dude, how did the ref not see that? He's like, what play? I was like the last play. He's like, I don't even know if I got interfered with. I just know I should have made the play. And I showed him the video. And he's like, oh, wow. He was, you know, he didn't even know. He was more focused on his uh, lack of execution more so than the guy that was guarding him. And that's the right mentality. You just got to make it. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, the record is what it is. We're not sugarcoating that. Um but there is progress, enough progress for this team to feel good about itself playing the next division rival um, because you got a lot of things addressed. Um, all of a sudden, you know, and we have such a reactionary sports fan base, not just Giants, but sports fan base um, to where – Mike Kafka and Brian Dable were no longer good play callers as of a week ago. How'd they get dumb and like from last year to this year? Well, listen, this is this is and I'm gonna I'm gonna give our, our fan base and a lot in the fan the NFL fan base is some grace because what we hear on morning television, sports morning television, is utter bullshit for for dummy idiot consumption and they're playing you guys like idiots yesterday um the question was raised and they they want to raise it legitimately if mike mccarthy lost to his old offensive coordinator last night should he be fired the next day what fucking world do you live in but they put that up there and they play you fans as idiots so that you can start talking about things like, oh, Debo and uh, Kafka, they are, they can't even call plays for today's NFL. They're pretty fucking good play callers when they didn't have good players. And now you get to where we are today. A week ago, they were trash. This week, they were in their play calling back. So don't buy all the narratives folks, um, and be independent thinkers. Two weeks ago, Kayvon Thibodeau had no explosion. Then he comes back, two sacks. You don't hear that anymore. And then it's, oh, well, Kayvon Thibodeau is shit at the point of attack. You couldn't be further from the truth. Watch the game. Because there's a guy or two that'll post one clip out of 60 plays he plays or 40 plays he plays and say, see, he got blocked by a wide receiver. Happens. But you know the play where the melee, the big fight happened? Mm -hmm. You know why that fight happened? Because Kayvon Thibodeau, speaking of point of attack, for those of you who don't see how he plays on a play-to-play -play basis, on that particular play, that fight started because he took a fucking offensive lineman and drove him over the pile. Took him 
manhandled him, pushed him over the pile. And that's when all the melee started because all of his, all the other um, Buffalo Bills were coming, trying to get him. But that's point of attack, folks. He had a tackle that outweighed him 20, 30 pounds, took him, drove him over the pile. So that's point of attack. Can Kayvon Thibodeau be better on the perimeter? Yeah, but that's a technique fix. I talked to him. I'm not his coach, but we talk every once in a while. And I said, you're going to have to change to a different technique. Play outside shade all the time. The coaches are not going to be mad at you if you're in a nine and you continue to make plays. They would like for you to you know, vary. But if you line up and you protect the perimeter, you're going to be okay. He'll get to that. But let's not swallow this narrative, folks, that the kid is not good at the point of attack. That's one of the things he's really good at, right? And oftentimes, he's having to take on tackles and not tight ends. So just bear that in mind. Um, but let these things play out because four weeks ago, Micah McFadden was a waste of time, right? And I told people he's closer to being a good football player and a productive linebacker in this system than not. And the reason I said that is because Michael McFadden knows how to find the football. And when he's more decisive, and my biggest gripe with him is was his tackling. I'm like, you run your ass off to get to the football, make the tackle, because you get there. You know how right. to get there. Um, Bobby Okereke was a wasted free agent pick. Last two weeks, he resulted in, uh, was responsible for two of the biggest plays of the year for this giant defense and got in another play with pass defense yesterday. I'm not yesterday on Sunday night, Sunday night yeah. that prevented a touchdown. So and he forced the fumble that McFadden. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. He got, he got an assist on the interception, the pick six, and then he got uh forced to fumble and Micah McFadden recovered it. So um, let's, you know, let's not buy into the narratives Folks, and I'm not telling you what to think, and I'm not telling you how to have an opinion, but have an informed opinion. Watch the the entire game as opposed to the four clips that somebody posts up there because they want you to see what they want you to see. Um, right. Well, there's a, the now there's the narrative. Well, you know, if Daniel Jones is healthy, maybe Tyrod Taylor should be the starting quarterback for the team. Yeah. Okay. They scored nine points in the game. Let's remember that. They, yeah, they same, came into the game total. averaging 11 points per game offensively. If you take the Pinnock interception out, it's 11 points per game. Yeah. They scored nine on Sunday night. So they actually, their average got worse on Sunday night. Yeah, but he looks better. He looks better at not scoring points. But, um, but and we guys, love Tyrod. Tyrod's yeah, the man. He's my guy. Um, but have at it, folks. Uh, there's obviously more involved in, than that. And you can have an opinion about Daniel Jones, and I'm not going to dispute any of them. He's got to play better. He knew that. Um, but no different than Tyrod Taylor's got to play better because you can't audible to a run on the goal line with very little time on the clock, knowing that if they get stopped, you got no play left or very little time to get everybody lined up. So, yeah, he's got to play better, too, in some of those situations. He missed um, Jalen Hyatt on the go route, which is a walk-in touchdown, but he underthrew the football. Right. So um, there's enough of opinions. And, and I, I 
I don't have a problem with those types of debates, but you know, when we get into this area of baseless conversation um, or food for idiots that they they feed you guys on TV sometimes, you got to be careful with that. You know, when somebody says that they fire a coach if he loses to his offensive coordinator um, in the middle, which you're not in the first half of the season yet, you got to ask yourself, why are they doing this? You know, because they want you guys to talk about it. And when a guy posts something and say, well, he's horrible at the point of attack and you don't watch every play of the game, you can say, yeah, he was bad on that play. But he's not bad at the point of attack. That's when he's a very physical kid. Um, when you say, ah, you know, he can't rush the pass or he has no explosion, then he comes back, back-to-back games, two sacks, then it gets quiet. Right? So um, I welcome opinions, but don't be shocked when those opinions get challenged. Um especially because my my timeline is not a receptacle for bullshit, right? When you start throwing it out there and I have to ask you um, what what's your basis for that and you feel like, oh, you're trying to Bigfoot me because you played and I don't have any, you can have an opinion. I can ask a question about your opinion. Just like you guys, when this podcast is over, you'll have something to say about what we're saying. Right. Right. And we should be able to answer it or not, you know, but it goes both ways. Um, And I appreciate all of the fans, everybody that watches this podcast, listens, and even those guys who post videos. Right. And I know the frustration and they want to show something they had them frustrated. But as consumers of information, you know, feed your own curiosity instead of consuming somebody else's narrative. And and sometimes it's just straight bullshit as a narrative, but um, back to where we are with the giants. I'm sorry for that rant. Um, They got one victory. Uh, They've got to get this next one. And if they build on the effort that was displayed on both sides of the football They'll get it with good execution. Now it's a mental game in terms of executing because assignment football, this is as good as I've seen this defense play all year. I mean, Wink gave them uh, some beautiful stuff and they executed. And when it wasn't perfect, they got a lot of people to the football and made tackles so it didn't look imperfect. Um Justin Pugh, hats off, brother, because you got off the couch, you walked into the game as a guard, and what, four plays four plays later or six plays later, you were a tackle. And he wasn't perfect, but we didn't expect it to be. But if memory serves me, Saquon's two biggest runs were off that side, weren't they? Uh, one right of them side. was one of one of them was. Um, listen, they all blocked it well because yeah. they sprung some big holes. I, Pew was pretty sore on Monday when I was chatting with him. I'm sure in the cafeteria. I'm like, "How you doing?" He goes, "Oh my god, I am so yeah. sore right now." Yeah, like no kidding. Yeah, 
Um, but listen, he accepted the challenge. Uh, hopefully, everybody accepts their challenge. The one other thing about this that I was thinking about is, you know, maybe bought the cheese a little bit myself. But I started thinking about when you have a franchise that is perennially bad as a football team and you've drafted as poorly as they they've drafted in the past and everything else, mm -hmm. you know, it takes a little bit longer to turn it around than you want to believe, right? Like if you look at, if you look at the 2021 draft class where Kadarius Tony was taken with the first pick. Now they, eventually cashed that in for Waller mm -hmm. and they got Trey Hawkins with the pick that they got. Unfortunately, Aziz Ojolari was the second round pick and, and he's just, listen, I, he's hurt. No, like call it like it is. He's always hurt. He he's is frustrating because he is such a talent, but he's, he's their best hurt. pure edge rusher. I mean, he gives them juice. And I again don't don't know uh, his threshold for pain. Don't know the severity of every injury that he gets, but he gets them, and he gets them often. And he misses games, and when he misses games, they miss him. Um, that's a guy where you draft him high and think he pays dividends. Right now, you're probably saying he probably should have been drafted lower. Um, because, or, yeah, drafted lower because he's not going to be available, but you'll take what you can get. Right now, and it's not his fault, uh, but he kind of holds them hostage in terms of what they can do in the pass rush. Well, not hostage, but he's, you know, he's when he, that good. When he's on the field. He's freaking he, electric. He's good. He's good. And everybody's better as a result of it. Well, of, of course, he makes Kayvon Thibodeau a better player. Sure. Um, so yeah, so he's on IR. He was the second round pick. Aaron Robinson was the third round pick in that draft. So he, oh, wait, he's and been... let me just let me stop you there. If if Aziz Ojolari is on IR, the ankle injury is serious enough to put him on IR. So I'm right. not saying that he's faking injuries because it's severe enough to put him on IR. It's just frustrating that he gets injured so much. I'm sorry, go ahead. You know, Aaron Robinson was a third round pick. He's never developed into a, a player that, you know, oh man, he's a frontline starter for us. He's on injured reserve. We're on pop. Ellison Smith's no longer on the team. He was a fourth round pick. Brightwell was a sixth round pick. You know, it gives you special teams. He's a heck of a special teams player. And Rodarius Williams is a sixth round pick. He's not on the team. Like you can't really go over a draft. Yeah. Um, well, like you got, it's, it's ground. You got to make up. So, they had a good year last year. They had a weak schedule. A new system came in. Right. But I think we all knew that this was a rebuild mm -hmm. when Brian Dable and Joe Shane came in. Well, uh, yes, there are quick fixes. There are teams that go from bad to good. Mm -hmm. But I think the construction level that this they had to undertake, maybe we thought it was happening a little bit quicker than it realistically well, can happen to build something for the future. Yeah, well, you saw the free agency um, pickups, and you thought, well, here we go. We're off and running. Um, but there, there's steps to it. There's levels to it. And you still got to go through the process, Bob. Even in quick fixes, they ain't that quick. 
there are some pieces that have been laying around that, that fit, and then you start to add other things. Um, but again, there's a lot of football to be played. There's a whole division to be played. Let's see where it comes out because um, the effort that I saw Sunday night is going to be plenty good. It's the execution right now is where we where we are with this giant football team. I think everybody knows that this this uh, offensive staff can game plan. Um, again, now you have faith. Um, defensively, you see that they got some energy. Um, and they moved Leonard Williams to in on some place too, and he was quite disruptive. So they're moving guys around to get them, you know, more advantageous. The energy level is winning. The execution is not. So thus, this is now uh, a mental and assignment uh, football initiative for this team now. Uh, they have the confidence that they can make plays. Um, now they just got to execute. It's all about execution right now for them. And the development of the offensive line, when these guys get healthy, they have to get better. Yeah, but even, be the guys who, even the guys who are not, uh, but they have to play, do what you can and do it right. You ain't going to be perfect. You're going to be outmatched. There's a reason some of these kids are practice squad guys, right? Just do what you can. They'll get you in the right stuff. They'll get you in the right plays. They account for your, or they discount for your ability. So they they do things that they think you can do. Just do those things. Another guy who's frustrating to me is Matt Pert. Um, and I know he's battled some injuries. And I just, he's, he's frustrating because, and I said this at the beginning of the year, and I, I continue to say it, I would like to see him developed more. Um, I don't know why. He's he's got a wingspan. He's big. He's athletic. Uh, maybe the injuries is is you know keeps interrupting that development. But I'm hopeful that a guy like him can be even more of a contributor uh, because he can be a swing tackle. So, uh, but as of now, I'm frustrated. Um, because I, I would love to see him have developed more, and he just hasn't. And I know he's had some injuries too. Yeah, and Evan Neal's playing with an ankle injury that he's been playing with for a couple of weeks, and it's not an excuse. I'm not trying to make any excuses for anybody. Uh, there's 53 active members on every NFL roster, and yep. I guarantee you 90% of the guys around the league are playing through some. Playing something. I mean, because yeah. the, the injury rate's 100% in this sport. This is the one sport where you can guarantee that the minute the whistle blows for real, yeah, every single player will be dealing with something. And, yeah, and there, you can sit them all off season, all preseason. When the whistle blows, they, they start off healthy, and the same result, everybody's got something they got to play with. Anything else you want to get off your chest here? No, folks, it's one win. We're not sugarcoating it, but we are showing you some areas where there's life. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend. Don't eat the idiot juice that they're serving you. <laughs> Feed you your juice own. Drink juice. Don't drink yeah, it. <laughs> no, eat the, the idiot juice is diarrhea that's coming out of these guys. Um, 
and you know, feed your own curiosity. Look at this stuff, man. Um, don't buy a narrative and point to one play. Because um, we're all everybody, everybody is just taking educated guesses without yeah. knowing that without knowing the calls, without knowing what's being asked of each individual on each play, without knowing what the assignments are, from the most astute eye to the novice eye, we still are all taking relative guess as to what actually is being asked of or expected of. Yeah. Because with last, last time I checked, they don't share their call sheets, their plays, or now, listen, you can see certain things on tape. The eye in the sky doesn't lie. There's mm-hmm. You could see bad technique when there's bad technique. You could see yeah. lack of effort when there's lack of effort. You could see poor fundamentals when they're there. But um, but there's a lot more that you got to dive into there. You yeah, take you everything into equation. Right. When you make a blanket statement that somebody is poor at the point of attack, that's you got to look at a lot of film to say that. And, and, you know, he's not. He's not poor at the point of attack. Yeah. Can he be better on the perimeter? Yeah. I've, I've told him that. But in terms of physicality, just take a look at where the fight started and how it started. It was because Kayvon took their freaking uh, left tackle and pushed his ass over a pile. So, that's point of attack. All right. Um, we're going to be back later in the week. We'll get you set for Giants in Washington, which is a huge game this weekend. It's a divisional yes. game. The Giants have played one division game to this point. So they're getting into their division games. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll break it down and get you set for the game on Sunday later on in the week. Yeah, we'll talk about that because there are some things that Washington does that the Giants – are going to have to be ready. They're a very physical football team on their defense. Very physical across the board. A lot of first-round draft choices that play to that level. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We here, baby. Believe Believe in in Giants. See you, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.